So, third episode of Tuesdays with Laserbeak. Third episode. So legit. With your host, Laserbeak, duh, and... Jacob. Oh, yeah. And your engineer, Tim Nelson. Wonderful. He's taking Tim the pictures, Nelson. right? The photographer, Tim Nelson. I know. Engineer. He does it all. It is... Um, it's currently February, but you're listening to this, and it's March. Because mm-hmm. we're on our game, and we're going to be proactive in getting yeah. these things recorded. We are ahead of it. And it is... Big time. The Grammys just happened. Oh, my God. I love the Grammys. The Grammys were good this year. I get pretty jaded and cynical as like a 36-year-old guy that's done music his whole life. But I thought that was the best Grammys I've seen in, I can't even remember. Did you like it? I did like it. I think overall it was really good. I thought a lot of the performances were like, blew me away. Yeah. Like Brandy Carlile. Phenomenal. Hers was incredible. Brandy Janelle Car- Monet. Janelle Monae was awesome. And we were just talking about this earlier, but Brandi Carlile talked about how she was all nervous. And as she's singing her song, she looks out and there's one person standing up in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And it's Janelle Monae with just like a peaceful face rooting her on. Yeah. Beautiful. Who would be your one person that if you saw them out in the crowd, it would calm you? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, Dwayne Johnson. The Rock. The Rock? <laughs> yeah. If I saw The Rock standing up in a sea of people that were sitting down and just kind of like confidently giving me his like eyebrow raise, mm. I think I could do anything. Well, this is his formal invitation to the release show. <laughs> yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I know you are you, invited. I know you've got a lot going on right now. You're shooting uh, the sequel to Jumanji, but we'd love to have you. You're March more 8th. than welcome. Yeah. Special guest. We'll make some time for you. How about you? Um. Oh. I I mean, I don't know in what context I would be performing anything, but... Um, so you get your violin chops back. Oh, okay. If I were good at violin. Um, hmm. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Jeremy Messmith would be like a wow. calming presence, you know? I think we could make that happen pretty easily. <laughs> just, just a <laughs> show just for him. Yeah. Just me playing my violin. We'll get Jeremy Messerschmidt at the Laser Week release show. Oh, goodness. And we'll get him to stand up in the middle. It'll be great. Yeah. Confidence booster. And for some reason, I'll have my violin there yeah, as well. Yeah, it'll be incredible. Um, no, Grammys were awesome. I love. It was like, it was all my favorite. This was a, 2018 was a great year for popular music, in my opinion. Um, but it kicked off with Camila Cabello, mm-hmm. who brought out Ricky Martin. And Jay Balvin. And Jay Balvin. And then it just proceeded to, like, Cardi B. Mm-hmm. And Janelle Monet and Brandy Carlisle and my favorite Casey Musgraves. Yeah. And pretty much And the Dolly Tribute. The Dolly Tribute was incredible. Alicia Keys was incredible. Everyone but the Red Hot Chili Peppers was actually like totally digestible for me. Which breaks my heart because <laughs> I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. My dad loved them growing up, so I think that's why I like them. But it was just I was like, oh no, this isn't good. And it was it was, it was with Post Malone, and it was, it was just a bizarre performance. It wasn't. It's just, and then the Travis Scott performance was also very a little like, rough. Also, eh. basically, women completely destroyed 2018 in music and the Grammys. Incredible. I was reading an essay, and people are like, "Yeah, the Grammys are overcompensating for the <laughs> fact that they've literally only ever had men win." Well, it's working. It's working very well. They should just let only women perform from here on out, in my opinion. Okay, and we also haven't seen each other since. The Super Bowl happened. Oh, God. And yeah. Maroon 5's performance was highly talked about. It was something. I I feel like I told my roommate this. I don't think anybody will be satisfied unless it is Prince yeah. or Beyonce. And that's truly, I think, the only people who could satisfy. It's hard. But they could have tried a little harder, I feel like. And I'm not going to take a ton of shots at Maroon 5 because they already they get their fair share of those. Mm-hmm. Um but they are just like grocery shopping music. So I don't know how you can create an entire halftime show around that. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. It was also the same thing where they should have done what Coldplay did, which was bring Beyonce in. Yeah. Because Coldplay, I think Coldplay realized that they weren't going to 
play well to a large totally. stadium well, full of people. And obviously a lot of controversy over playing it. And I, God bless Cardi B once again for just being like, they asked me, um, and no, and I'm going to like stand with Colin Kaepernick and I'm fully support all that. I boycotted the NFL this year in that same regard and I didn't really miss it. I got to be honest. Like I thought I would. And instead I just watched a bunch of basketball because the NBA is actually a great league that champions its players. All um, eyes north. All eyes north, baby. Um, but yeah, Maroon 5, I didn't know there would be so many shirts taken off. I truly only saw bits and pieces of it. I wasn't watching the game day of because I don't particularly care for the Super Bowl or football in general. But all I saw was pictures of Adam Levine's tank top. And then him shirtless. Yeah. That's all I saw. That's basically all I saw. Uh, I had our neighbors over and I was like fending off eight children at the time. So I got bits and pieces also. Um, But watching Adam Levine next to Big Boy and Sleepy Brown all wearing AT Aliens jackets like hurt a little bit. It it wasn't (laughs) good. It was pretty rough. I will say the Michael Buble bubbly commercial was the real winner of the super bowl to me i love michael buble incredible he is just wholesome that's another guy that i would if i saw him standing yeah he would call me yeah he would definitely call me down get him on the show oh for sure i'm sure he's coming in march it's like right around my birthday oh yeah i might go treat myself amazing let's do it let's get jacob tickets to when is it it's in march yeah march 19th i think all right new this month's uh endorsement deal He's Get getting Jacob tickets. tickets to Michael Bublé. Yeah, that's that's I think what that's we're doing. Doable. Uh, I think so. I think it's totally doable. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of these tickets, what happened with the Hamilton tickets in Puerto Rico? We were trying desperately to get Dessa to hook something up, or yeah, I know you spent like yeah, a week down there. I did. Uh, I did not get tickets to Hamilton. No. Um, I mean, it was funny to watch Dessa's face. Um, just. Like she like cringed because I think she was like I don't even have connections there. Like I feel like that's that's that a big um, favor to call in. A lot of social cachet to, to be playing with to call in Lin Manuel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I didn't no, but I didn't see it. It was heartbreaking, but I have faith that I will see it one day. Yeah. Well, well your time in Puerto Rico though was it the whole place just a buzz like. Did that have a major impact on like the city? Honestly, no. I feel like I feel like the only people excited about it were people tourists who were coming uh, to the island sure. for it. I mean, my and like my cousin who goes to university there, they had a student night where she could have gotten tickets to Hamilton for $10 and she didn't go. And Ooh. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And she was like, "Yeah, I don't know. I had homework that night." Well, that's a good student. And so I don't think Bright I career. I know. So I don't think people were all that sure. jazzed about it. A bigger but... story here, maybe. Okay. All right. Well, you didn't get the Hamilton tickets. No. You're going to get the Michael Buble tickets. I am. I feel really good about it. I am. This is this is uh, the year that I see Michael Buble live. Yes. Hashtag get Jacob Michael Buble tickets. That's a long hashtag. It's we'll be work really on good. that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get We'll workshop there. that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Last, I feel like last thing in music news. Ariana Grande's new album. Woo. What are your thoughts? Outrageous. You did not love Sweetener. I didn't. I was a big Ariana Grande fan since probably that song with Zed that she did, like that mm-hmm. second album where she really started to pop out. And I've been a huge, I can't remember what they call them. Is it Ari, Arianators? I have no Arianators? idea what they call them. <laughs> Those are like the ultimate fans. And I feel like I would consider myself in that mm-hmm. regard. Then Sweetener came out and the Pharrell beats just didn't really do it for me. Right. I'm fully back on board. Thank I could not be more excited about this new one. Thank you. Next is phenomenal. Uh, the beats sound like they all cost like two million dollars a piece. Oh my gosh! It's just great. Production's great. She's talking her shit, and it's like feels like a real moment. Yeah, I love it. How about you? I I gave it a listen because I knew you'd want to talk about it. <laughs> um, and it's all any of my friends have been talking about in terms of music um i upon first listen nothing jumped out to me it was all good everything was good um but bad idea yeah that song that song crushes the string breakdown towards the end and you're the string expert i am i am i'm a violin prodigy she loves strings though 
Ariana Grande loves strings. Like that Christmas, uh, Christmas and chili pea, there were strings everywhere. Um, she's the best. I think she nailed it. I'm fully back on board. I'm definitely trying to get hooked up with Ariana Grande tickets. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to be here. She's coming here in March. I'm not going to be here. <sighs> Never mind. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll try to the, have her on the podcast. Yeah, we'll get her on the podcast <laughs> at some point. Um, yeah, totally massive good. fan. Love it. I think it's the first record I've heard this year that feels like instant contender for album of the year. I know wow. it's only February, but. Yeah, that's a big that's a big call. That's going to be the first one. First yeah. one that I've considered. I'm, speaking of albums, yeah. I'm excited about. I'm really excited for Eric Mason's new album. Oh, yeah. He just released a single called Straw Man. And um, he's working on music with Abby Wolf, and they have a show uh, with Dance Bones. And those two are just like two of the most creative collaborators yeah. in the Twin Cities. You know, Abby works with Dessa, and Eric Mason has worked with oh my God. so many people. He's played with Caroline Smith. He's in Mina Moore's group. He's doing yeah. stuff with Abby Wolf. He's all over the place. He plays music at like yoga, dance retreats. He's the best. He's, he's actually. We've had him join Doomtree at the Doomtree Zoo. Actually, we had him playing with us, mm-hmm. and like he just came in and learned all our songs and got on stage with us. Yeah, no, he's insanely talented. He's a good performer, um, and so yeah, he just announced his new album. The bummer being that his release show is the same day as your release show. So bad. It's just bad form. It, it makes me like his new album less. Having not heard it yet <laughs> having having no basis of knowledge about the album having a deep love for him as a man but absolutely hating his decision to put his release show day the same as mine yeah when i saw it announced i was like no it's very upsetting and i'm gonna publicly take this time to start a new beef wow with eric mason this is an accessible beef though. no eric, actually eric mason. i can't do it i can't even do it no. i love eric mason and his show, his release show, I think is going to start after mine ends because mm-hmm. mine is for old old dads. Right. So mine starts at like 7.30. I think his will start at like 11 like a normal yeah. show would. His is at Ice House, so it'll yeah. run to super late in the night. It'll be no problem. So no beef. The beef is off with Eric Mason. Nothing but love from one of the, one of the best guys. You can probably hit both shows in one night if yeah. you're a dedicated it's a twofer. No local question. music fan. Yep. And so what? Are, what is your bonus jams? You, you were telling me that winter... Is sort of the time that you come back to Luther Vandross. It is winter, and we are in winter. Isn't even the word for it right now. And I'll try not to bum everybody out, but like that, we are mid right now. It's mid February, and it is miserable. And it's at a point where you can't. I can't sugarcoat it anymore. I'm just so over it. My kids have been home from school a bunch. It went from snow to ice to blah blah blah, and I just can't deal. And in these times, I don't even enjoy checking for new music. So I just have to go to the tried and true and for me that's either this winter it's either been the war on drugs last record for Mm -hmm. some reason and it's always luther vandross and i just pick an album and i just like listen to it on repeat for two weeks straight it's like church for me i don't really go to church but it's like uh it's like me going to church right it's a spiritual experience (laughs) it is it has become like um in my biggest times of like stress or depression or anxiety or just like feeling bummed out it's always the thing that I go to because it's more than just like the music at this point it feels like um it's like comfort food for the soul Mm -hmm. for music for your ears right Luther Vandross is comfort food for my ears okay that's (laughs) that that's a way to sum it up yeah that's a tagline yeah um and Luther Vandross being the person the namesake of the album. Yes. Oh my God. Incredible segue. Which, by the way, Shaka, good segue. Your album comes out Woo. on Friday when we're recording this. So it yes. will have been out. Yes. By the you're time here you're listening to this. this now. It's out. It has um, is gone straight up the top of the charts, obviously. Currently, it's number one on number Billboard. Number one on Billboard. Yeah. But right now, there's still a little bit of uncertainty because it's two nights before the album comes out mm-hmm. when we're talking to each other right now. And uh, yeah, I named it Luther. And that is crazy that I did that. I almost named that album Crystal Daddy. That would have been a stylistic choice. That would have probably been a bad choice. Yeah. It would have uh, hindered, probably hindered the project. Just Uh, a little bit. (laughs) So 
it's very good. I think that things have changed. I almost called the album "Love Power" at one point. Oh goodness! Um, somehow, somehow that's worse than Crystal. Daddy. I almost called it "Power of Love." Then it was "Love Power." You know what? Actually, I got my computer right here. Let me just pull up. Let me pull up some of the names. And it's a good, also a good thing that this album took so long to release. It's a good thing that last year was a really busy year for Doomtree because mm-hmm. this record has been done for a minute, and it kind of just I pushed it back because we didn't. There wasn't even a time to to drop it, but. Because I keep such great Google Docs, I still have the names of these projects written here. Crystal Daddy has the most asterisks by it. <laughs> Below that is uh, Long Legged Life, which I thought was wow. great at the time. Bingo Bango okay. was one I was really good. Why? Can you can you explain that one? Because I say that sometimes. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, well, that should probably be the name. Ryan Olson was trying to get me to call it Bowen's Reaction Series, which was somehow had to do with like lava. Didn't that didn't really stick? Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> patience. I was gonna call it patience. It is about patience, but that's mm-hmm. a little too on the nose, I think. And then uh, do the math and laugh. I just I, I say that a lot too. Mm. Really bad names. Yeah. I was gonna call it Oh Man. I was gonna call it uh, Clear the Benches. Wow. Okay. Those are not good names. <laughs> I. Luther. Yeah. Luther is a good name for it. Yeah, we I named think it that Luther. it's very like yeah, it's not so on the nose, but it's got it's got some meaning. Yeah. It. And shout out to my very good friend Steve Marsh, who was the one who kind of when I threw it out there, he was like, That's it, dude. I was trying to like bounce some names off him and he was like, That's it. I was trying to come up when I was really stuck on Love Power. Again, a good thing that I didn't do that. <laughs> um I was stuck on this. I think I have some sort of uh, OCD thing with the letter L and with my project. So Laserbeak, um, Lava Bangers, Legend Recognized Legend. I worked with Longshot. I worked with Lizzo. I worked with Sofieris, whose real name is Lauren. Yeah. Uh, there's like a lot of stuff going on there, and I don't know what that's about. Um, I don't particularly love the the letter L, but it's just been a thing. So then I was like, well, they all have to be L's. Then it's going to be Love Power. And I was just texting with Steve, and I was like, Luther? Question mark? And he was like, that's it. Yeah. Um, and so most people know, I guess, that I have a son named Luther because mm-hmm. I really uh, exploit him on social media. <laughs> laid back Lou. Laid back Lou. Hashtag laid back Lou. God bless him. Even though he's a little shit. At least half <laughs> the time. Um, was it was it him who was dancing to the Camilla? Yeah, he loved the Camilla performance. He he was He took his pajamas off, so he's just in his underwear. And he had like gotten the the dance down. He's like got the hips and the claps and the lifting the leg up. That's so funny. It's phenomenal. Um, but and his favorite artist is Casey Musgraves, and so she won, and he was very happy. Um, but this record is about a lot of things, but it is the first solo music I've released since I started a family. Um, Lava Bangers came out seven years ago now, mm-hmm. and that was like right before I was going to have my first kid. Um, and we were touring No Kings and I was doing the opening set and that whole time I was like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. I'm going to have my first kid. It's going to change my life. What am I going to do? Um, and then I didn't make music solo for a long time. I just got into collaborative stuff. I got more into management and running the label and doing business stuff. And so when I think about the process of this album, it's the first time I've ever done something on my own with three kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and it felt right. It felt like it's not just for my one of three children, but it like somehow ties in the family elements. And then it also ties in my insane, devout love for Luther Vandross, who is like no question my all-time favorite musician. I think the greatest voice of all time. How would you how would you describe Luther Vandross's music to people who don't listen? Because I, I subscribe to your Spotify playlist of the essentials. The oh, starter the pack. starter pack. The- oh, my God. God bless you, Jayka. Shout out to my own uh, Spotify playlist <laughs> that I made, which is basically of the first six Luther Vandross solo albums, I picked the three best songs from each one chronologically mm-hmm. so that I could try to convince people to listen to Luther. It hasn't been extremely successful. But knowing that you subscribe to it really has warmed my heart. I did, and I've listened to it a few times. Nice, you love it. I well, do. I love it. Okay. I mean, I, I I like it. I haven't developed the love, and I think that 
if you explain it to me, explain why you love it, like what's maybe so good about you. it, then maybe I'll God, understand. I need to have like a stock answer that's like really great that just nah. is going to turn anybody. You're going to get this interview question for other <laughs> interviews. Know. So at least do it in this low pressure. It's so hard for me at this point in my life to even pinpoint when it stuck and became this like um, larger than life thing. Like I... I wasn't, I didn't grow up with him in the house. Like it wasn't like my parents were huge R&B listeners. Um, but at some point his music made an impression on me. I remember when he passed away and I remember just like I had his, at that point I just had his greatest hits album. And mm -hmm. I, for whatever reason, I think I was young enough still where it was, you know, when you're a little bit younger and an artist passes away, you're not used to people passing away. So it really right. is impactful. And I remember I just drove around the city at, in the middle of the night bumping that greatest hits album and getting really emotional for some reason. Um, and then I don't know what happened, but it just, I slowly started to dive into his back catalog and I realized how the extent of his like amazingness. And at some point I went all in. I've only done this with two artists. I've done it with Stevie wonder when I was in high school where I went out and I bought every record he ever put mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. and was like, I commit to you. And I did it with Luther. I went out, I bought every record and I studied it. It was like, a college course and I just like something about the way that he sings and the material that he sings about and um I don't know it gets me and I, I like I say it is kind of like church for me um and it really no, nothing compares and it is just it is kind of spiritual it's like it is it represents like love in a in a really weird real and weird way to me right. it's music most of his songs have the word love in it, but it is like pure and um, and really clear love. And this album that I made has a lot. Of, it was made out of love, and um, I wanted to somehow. And Love Power is actually um, a Luther Vandross song, and okay. Power of Love is a Luther Vandross album. So I was like, I'll let him have that. So it was, it was, but all signs were pointing to Luther. Yeah, it turns out this was a this song, this album had to be called Luther. It did not have to be called Crystal Daddy, and it mm -mm. wasn't called Crystal Daddy. And we are glad. <laughs> but I might name my next album Crystal Daddy, okay. so that's not off the table. Right. You have it to convince me. Yeah. Okay. I'm I have to convince you not to? <laughs> yeah, you might have to. So you talked about Luther Vandross and his music being sort of like, it's it's a spiritual thing. It's it's something that you go to, to zen out. Yeah, and it's that's, kind of an escape, yeah. And so, and like that's a big theme of this album. And so, how did that, how did mindfulness come to be such a big part of your life? Mm. Ooh, deep question. God. Yeah, I went to school for this. You're really good. Thank um, you. I, it's weird because, yeah, when I talk about this record, it's like it was really inspired by mindfulness and some techniques and, and practices I've put into place in my life over the last couple of years. And it was really inspired by my family. And I've been doing this mindfulness stuff for like three years now. But it really, I never thought I would get into this shit. Um, I've been pretty skeptical about like new age, hippie, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, But like the, the big impetus for me in my life was, well, one, I had three kids under the age of two for a short period of time. So we had Penny. And then right away... We had we got pregnant again. Oh God, it's twins. Um, wow. So that was a big life change. And then on top of that, a lot of things changed. Like I obviously needed to figure out how to have a steadier income and just like a more steady way of life. Um, mm -hmm. So instead of all the touring, I took more of a backseat from that and got more into the behind the scenes. Like really came on, started running Doomtree officially and then started managing Doomtree. Um, and one of the first things that happened after like officially started managing Doomtree was we decided that we would um, end the blowouts after 10 years. That mm -hmm. felt like, okay, we did it a decade. We did it the best we could ever do it. There's no point in having like a blowout 18 or whatever. Right. Um, and at that time, like block parties and festivals were really starting to pop up and artists were starting to put on their own. So we're like, well, let's change the format. And we really decided to do like a straight up one day long festival. Um, we called it the Doomtree Zoo. And we put it on in the St. Paul Saints, St. Paul Saints um, outdoor baseball field. Like it was a big 
production. Yeah. It was a lot of work that I didn't realize how much work it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I slowly went down a rabbit hill of just like biting way more off than I could possibly chew. I've always been a person that has kind of um, straddled the line. Like on a, if it's a cliff, eh, I, I never bite off too much, but I'm real close. Right. I stay on the cliff, though. And in the process of, like, I would call it six months of, you know, we conceived of the idea, but then it was like, I, there were so many things to think about. So I, that usually you have like a club or a promoter that's doing that. They just forget about. Right. Um, so that was like, I became a booking agent and I had to like create offers and send those out to other booking agents to get bands to come in and play. And I became, I had to meet with like the chief of police in St. Paul to get a, a cop structure down so there'd be a police presence there and figure out the security and figure out the blah, blah. There's just like an endless amount of minutia that I'm not used to doing. And that slowly drove me insane. Mm -hmm. I think basically. And when I look at it, like now when I look back and I talk about it, none of that sounds like the end of the world. But in the moment I was going down this, like it was my first time really dealing with like anxiety and um anxiety attacks mm-hmm. and I also was getting like three hours of sleep every night because of these kids um and so it was just this perfect storm and when that ended you know it was just like if I if I look at my life on a timeline there's just this huge divot um in that like six to 12 months mm-hmm. and so I what helped me get out of that one was beginning to talk about it because I was so afraid to I didn't know what I was feeling the second I like went to my doctor and talked to her and then started talking to other people, I realized that this is like a totally normal thing and anxiety and stress can build up and just become, you know, you lose. In that moment, I felt like I was a different person. I felt like a shell of myself. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even really like function. Like I could not sit at the dinner table and talk to my family. I was so preoccupied and um, I could barely write emails at the end of it because I would I was just like, I was out of it completely. Right. And in talking about it and then in starting to learn about things like meditation and things like um, gratitude lists, um, I slowly, and in, and for real, talking to my doctor and actually getting on some anti-anxiety medication, um, I just slowly started to kind of come back better than ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so I don't know, that's like, it was a really uh, pivotal time in my, my life, really profound. And since then, it's really changed a lot of the things that I, the way that I view life, um, the emphasis I've put on like success or what it means to like really do your job well or what a work-life balance looks like mm-hmm. and a family mm-hmm. work balance looks like and um, made a lot of big changes because I used to be the guy that was, we were talking about this earlier where it's like, it's really easy to just answer somebody's email right away right and the second you set that precedent it's just expected of you mm-hmm. I definitely became the guy that would like respond to your email at three in the morning yeah um no boundaries oh yeah no boundaries and it really messed me up like everybody's it's weird because for a long time I didn't want to really talk about it because I felt like my experiences were so much less than what a lot of people go through mm-hmm. but everybody's what I've come to learn is everybody's stress, everyone's anxiety, everybody's trauma. It's hard. You can't like just compare them because for you, it's your own thing. And so everybody has their own like threshold for sort of how they deal with that and what feels big for them. And so I think a lot of us spend a lot of time comparing it and being like, well, I shouldn't really talk about that or complain about it because it's nowhere near as bad as this thing, but we need to talk about it. Like it doesn't matter what it is. If you're, if it's triggering those feelings, then it's the same thing. Um, but anyways, that's my, that was the the impetus. That was like my rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And I'm really fortunate to, to say that was my rock bottom. Like that right. was when I look back, could have been much worse, yeah. but, um, but that was what got me into this stuff. And meditation has played a huge role in like kind of turning my life around and getting things back on track and feeling like a better person and a, a better husband and, um, father and all those types of things just like really working on myself and kind of looking inward um and so I meditate I meditate for 10 minutes every morning most mornings uh and that helps to center me 
and I do my three gratitudes at night. I do like this. I literally just have like an app that that pings me at nine, and I just write down the first three things that I'm thankful for that day. So like right now, uh, I am thankful for meatloaf and mashed potatoes. I had it earlier. Mm. It's absolutely delicious. Haven't had it in a while. It's a great meal. Um, I am thankful for Cardi B's ex- acceptance speech at the Grammys. It was very precious. Warm my heart. Offset held her hand the whole time. It was absolutely incredible. It was really cute. Um, and God, what else am I grateful for? I'm grateful for, for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I really, I like him. Calming presence in your life. <laughs> I really like him. Um, yeah. But that's it. It only has to take, it only ever takes 30 seconds and it's done. But the process of doing that daily, and there's science to back this up, but like, they say that if you do that 30 days in a row, you are literally rewiring your brain to be thinking in a more positive way. Mm-hmm. And like that has I've, I've felt those effects. Yeah. Um, how does that how does that play out in in the release of this album? Because, yeah, you're two days out from actually releasing. Yeah. I'm sure that it's stressful sort of scramble to the finish line. Yeah. Do you feel the difference in how you're dealing with the stress of this? from like other albums from like when lava bangers was yeah. going to be released is this like a different I think feel? that I'm able to I've definitely been feeling and I've I've had to tell my wife this recently like I feel for the first time since I went through that time 3 years ago this is the first time I've really felt like oh I'm really overwhelmed I'm really underwater like it's just I'm really busy and I'm I'm feeling those same feelings um and the like old go-tos aren't necessarily just totally working every time but what I do have is like I can see it coming earlier than I used to. So now mm-hmm. I can at least know, oh, God, I'm feeling these things. That means maybe I need to cancel a couple meetings next week or I need right. to like really make sure I'm doing my meditation or I need to like just stop for a second and, and think about it. So the process has gotten easier to at least be able to I'm able to like see it before I'm already too far gone, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm freaking out still. Like the, like the, um, and that will never, like, it's not like you eliminate depression or anxiety. It's just, you learn. I think my hope is that I learn, I'm learning and I probably will continue to learn the rest of my life, how to deal with them and live with them and then, um, and then live without them for a while. You know, it's just, everything's right. always changing, but, um, but no, like the record comes out in two days. That's crazy. And it's really you know, especially we're so DIY. Like I am the label. Mm-hmm. I am basically my manager. I'm the publicist. I am marketing. Uh, yeah. All of that. yeah, yeah. And I'm also scheduling like interviews. I'm pulling every favor I possibly can to. I mean, in in a large part, the reason that this podcast happened outside of you like hitting me up and being like, "We're doing this podcast," mm-hmm. is like oh yeah, we should do this podcast. Also, I have an album coming out. I should probably promote that album. Like this would be an easy way to do that as well. Um, So that is taxing. And then also the artist things, like I'm used to being an artist collaborator, but I'm also really used to being the label where I'm, I'm like trying to encourage the artists to not worry about checking the social media all the time or like how the response is or if the pre-sale numbers are great. But when it's just you it's impossible not to like I'm refreshing the pre-orders like, Oh, I wish I had sold more pre-orders or, Oh, no one's really picking up this single or talking about Mm -hmm. it. Or, um, you know, you go through these insane artist ego things that I still have that I, that I probably don't get into as much when I'm in a collaborative thing. Cause I'm used to being the guy in the background. Like it's not all on my shoulders. Right. But this is your name. Yeah. This is me. And I, I still have those like, just like everybody that makes music, like you want as many people, to hear it as possible so I go through that stuff and also like just the brainstorming process of when I'm working with another artist we're talking like oh what should the music video be or when should we drop it there's a back and forth just like there is right now Mm -hmm. but when it's just me I am so good at like triple second and triple guessing myself and just being like oh is that a good idea I don't know and all of a sudden like 10 days have passed and I have not made a decision about anything so it's been a it's been a really awesome experience doing this it's been so long and I feel really happy about getting this music out there but it has been scary like and it it was a good reminder of what a lot of my friends and people that I know go through every time because that's what they are they're solo artists Mm -hmm. Uh, it made me thankful for 
it made me really appreciate collaboration and, and being a part of a crew or a team. Um, because there is like some solace in that and it can get kind of lonely when you're just out there and it's not, you know, I'm sure it's great when you're Ariana Grande and you're a solo artist and you have a huge team and mm-hmm. you're on the top of billboard right next to Laserbeak Luther album. Right. Um, right below it. Right below it. Yeah. Uh, but for, you know, it's like, you know, whatever the, the 99.8% of us that aren't at that level, it can be really intense. And I think we're conditioned to not talk about that because we're always trying to, we talked about that a bit with Dessa last month. Like we're always trying to put our best face forward and we're always trying to kind of like humble brag Mm -hmm. and be like, this is awesome and blah, blah, blah. But you know, behind closed doors, like it is really, um, it's scary. And you're like, am I, why am I doing this still or blah, blah, blah. So So what do you, what do you feel like you're doing to help, help, deal with the stress, deal with the jitters yeah. of pre-release? Um, I am trying to stay very busy. And also, I made a bunch of... One of the big things was, like, I set realistic expectations for this because it is, at the end of the day, it is seven instrumental chill songs. So mm-hmm. I'm not really... It's been great to see it skyrocket to the charts. Right, number one on Billboard. But uh, my expectations were <laughs> that this was going to be a small budget. It was going to be a small campaign because this is not some, this is not like a, this is not a smash hit album. It's like a very specific thing. Mm -hmm. So setting expectations is huge for me. Like that already sets the bar. So I'm not like freaking out. Like why haven't I sold 20,000 copies? Um, so I went into it knowing that. And then, um, instead of like freaking out and spending a bunch of money on music videos, Instead, we just shot a bunch of these little promo videos, a lot of them here in this office mm-hmm. that I'm starting to roll out. And that has been really fun to just like talk about this stuff and not take it so seriously and really explore the mindfulness angle at the same time as promoting the music. So mm-hmm. it's like I can, it's like I'm almost talking about a hobby of mine um, while promoting music instead of just being like, this music is so deep, it's incredible. Right. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. But I'm trying to do that. And um, and I'm also, on the days that we, like, release songs or on Friday when the album comes out, I'm going to try to make something new. This is, a new, mm. this is new for me, but mm-hmm. it's been really helpful, is anytime I drop something, the same day I try to create something new so that I don't just spend all day refreshing Twitter and Instagram... Yeah. And getting bummed out that there isn't as big of a splash as I wanted or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And that's been really helpful. Um, I'm also going to the Mall of America at night. That's the only okay. thing to calm you. I'm going yeah. to the Mall of America with my wife. It's her birthday. And we are. I got a hotel room. We're going to go see a movie. We're going to go shopping. I'll probably stop at a crystal store, maybe pick up a new crystal. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. also a, a tradition of mine on release day. Tim Tim has been wanting a few crystals, so if you could pick those up while Absolutely. you're there, that'd be really great. Shout for out him. to Tim Nelson, our engineer, who has in these past three episodes really become a huge fan of crystals. Yeah, he's really embraced the lifestyle. Later in life, it's yeah. it can happen at any second. You're never too old never to be old. a crystal daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh <Okay>. my gosh! <laughs> Name of the next <laughs> album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's timeless. Crystals live forever. Absolutely, I got one in my hand right now. Yeah, it's helping me not fidget so the microphone doesn't pick up all my uh, intricacies. This album, you slowed down a lot. How did the process of creating this album change? Because mm. you chose to be sort of mindful in the creation of the tracks, how did that change your process for yeah. creating music? Um, so I think that Lava Bangers was like balls to the wall, 20 head crackers, like um, head crackers. That's a good one. I've got all these scenes like heat knockers and oh lava bangers. Headcrackers is good. That just that just happened. Wow. Amazing. Raw. Really cool. Uh, um, but so the idea was what is the opposite of that? Like I've I've done, you know, you've I've made thousands of beats. And so how can I challenge myself to um to try something new? And the challenge became like, what's the opposite of what you usually do? So the exact opposite. And I had to think about that for a long time because I don't know what that is. But it turned out for me, the answer was like, instead of everything in the kitchen sink all at once, what if you 
do the exact opposite and go as minimal as possible, which is going against everything my usual instincts are. I would love epic shit. I want to hear just like the biggest shit possible. Um, and I layer stuff so crazy. Um, generally that's my process. So this time it was like, start with one sound and like really let it ride and then add in one sound and be like, um, deliberate about it and slowly build this thing up and actually like show the layers instead of just the final product. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what these songs all became in a way. They all kind of follow a similar, um, formula of like, they start chill and then you get used to that chill and then one little thing comes in and it gets a little spotlight on it for maybe 30 seconds instead of two seconds. And then another little thing comes in and it never like fully has to be this huge thing. It can just kind of happen. And right. um, I don't know. There was something really um, peaceful in that. Yeah. And did that feel natural? Like, did you... Did you feel, did it feel different from creating music other times? Yeah, it felt new, which is always a good sign, I think, where I'm like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing here. Like a lot of times when you get into, or at least for me, I can see it kind of unraveling and I'm like, oh, I got this. And I get really amped and I'm like, oh yeah, then we're going to drop in the baseline here and the fucking whatever. Um, uh, with this, it was like, I was guessing every time and it was like oh well what if I tried this or maybe we drop that out there um so it really did feel like I was in uncharted territory for myself and that was cool and scary and usually scary is good when it comes to creating I've always found so where where did you actually like make the album because you said it took two to three months to really create yeah. the whole thing and then the rest of the time is sort of figuring the rest yeah. of the album up. But the actual creation of all the songs was just two to three months. Yeah, it was. It was a really crazy. So I um, solo inspiration is very, in my life, it's very rare. I've had, this is now the third time that I've felt like this kind of like lightning bolt of inspiration that I didn't feel, you know, I, I get inspiration and I get, um, I get that when I'm collaborative always. Mm -hmm. But I never just get this solo thing where I'm like everything in my body is like you have to do this this is like your calling or whatever and it's happened once with a Plastic Constellations album which was like my first my with my rock band mm -hmm. um, and then it happened in 2010 with my first solo album which was Legend Recognized Legend where I just had this like um, I had everything I wanted to say I was it was like my late 20s and I was ready I was like comfortable I felt like I'd lived a great life and if I died tomorrow I'd be okay and blah mm -hmm. blah blah and then nothing. And we're always, as artists, I think, chasing that feeling. And I didn't get that for a really long time. And I honestly thought it wasn't going to happen. Um, and then it just happened. And so there was that three months of like, and I knew it this time around that I was like, oh, this is fleeting. You better make time. Because mm -hmm. usually I, I don't have a lot of time to make music anymore. So things get pushed back, um, especially when it's just me. And this time I was like, okay, you got to finish this thing right now before it goes away. Um, and so I made a lot of it while you're looking at it, <laughs> right? At this stupid desk that's like about to crack in half. Um, yeah. I made it here in the Doomtree office, like literally having to like clear a couple hours out of my schedule every day to just like sit down and try to get some ideas out before, because I was so afraid of losing that, that whatever that was. Um and then I actually made, I finished the record at a, basically like a, an Al-Anon retreat that I'd gone to. Mm -hmm. That was like a four day thing for family members. Um, and I had, it was like a, you know, a lock-in basically. I was there doing some deep dive personal life stuff. And then at night, every night, you know, we'd, we'd be in sessions from like nine until 10 at night. And then I would go into my little tiny like room with the cot and sit there with my headphones and my MPC. And like I finished the record over those four days, wow. which was super intense, which is why uh, one of the songs is called Retreat is because that was called like the Al-Anon Retreat. Mm -hmm. So that was intense, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, you know, and then truly this record was basically made a year ago um, in the doldrums of winter. And here we are a year later. It's really intense for me to be like driving around listening to it, knowing that at the same time last year I was like 
driving around listening to the the first rough ideas of it. So right. it's been cool. Yeah. And you you told me about when you first when the inspiration for the album sort of first struck, you sent something to Paper Tiger. You'd be like, oh, yeah. Is this is this good at all? Yeah. God bless you, Paper Tiger. He's my number one go to like um, you know, we are like lifetime we're partners. Mm. We're we're male male partners. Male uh, partner. Uh, but he sick trim for life. Um he's like whenever we do weird and he loves like um he loves techno and house music and um a lot of different dance music. And part of this record too was me learning about house music and getting really into that, but trying not to make these like four on the floor, you know, like it's two in the morning at a club and you're on ecstasy. It was like trying to go the opposite, but still find like the, the trance or the, the groove that, that is always in there. So I may, I remember I made the first, I was just, I was going through the, um, my emails because I had no, I made this one song and it's called, um, on the record, it's called fathoms. That was the first song I made. And I didn't have this like grand idea of what this album was, but I made this thing not knowing what I was doing and was like, huh, this doesn't feel like there should be vocals on it. This feels like it could be five minutes long. And that was the impetus. So I immediately freaked out and was like, shit, I need a second opinion. And I, I hit up paper tiger and shouts to Gmail for just having a search function that I can, uh, that I can do this. We need so, to be sponsored by Google. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Um, okay, here it is. So Friday, September 15th, 2017, at 3.20. So I made this beat that day. And I'm just going to read it. You ready? It's going to be mm-hmm. so boring. But it is. It really is like <laughs> funny to go back in time to this. Okay. Two Paper Tiger. This week I finally got the weird urge to potentially start a new solo project after not feeling that way for years. I have no idea what I really want it to be yet. But I've been super into ambient groups lately like Four Swords and Fote. Super minimal shit that takes a lot of patience and never fully builds. I took a stab at something today. And I think I like it, but I can't tell if it's cool or just super boring. If you get a point at some time this weekend, give it a spin and let me know your honest thoughts on first blush. I can take it. Thanks, bud. Um, and that was, you can hear it. This is the original version of that song that I made straight out of the MPC. Um, but he hit me back and he's like, I dig it. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of stuff like this too. As he says, I think the only thing I would say is that it could be longer because I think the, the original version of this was still like under three minutes because mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't have it in me. I like short songs, and especially with beats. I like like two to three minute songs. Shredders is based on that concept of like, we're just going to make two minute songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he says, I think the only thing I would say is it could be longer, especially with this type of moody track. Just build a simple world that you can live in for a while. It doesn't need to be the length of a pop song. I could see this being a record that is 50 minutes long and only having six tracks. So boom, like that is kind of the beginning of this. Um, yeah. And and I so I so I just wrote him back. I was like, I gotta get over my fear of the of the four plus minute song. But anyways, that was it. So that was like September 2017, and I probably finished making this thing by the top of 2018. And then at that point, it becomes like the fine tuning of like, okay, now we're gonna sequence it and mix it and really get into the like mechanics of it but the inspiration and like the the core creation took place a year ago that's crazy it's cool yeah. wow it feels good to like go unearth that Anyways. how do you are there aspects of this album because it is sonically different and just as far as the way you're building the beats different are there parts of the production or like a song that you're particularly proud of? Hmm. Um, oh man, they all kind of blend together. And I honestly have like detached from it at this point, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> I needed to do to not try myself insane. I think I really love the last song called, which is called Valley low because it was one of the last songs I made. And I was like, okay, I guess I can go like full on beat by the very end of it. Um, and that was like, the end for me I was like okay this is great I can just like tease at the end that I still know how to make like a little bit of a banger mm-hmm. and so it builds and builds and builds and then finally gets that release so that was a big one for me but otherwise they all just kind of had their own vibe and it was really 
quick. It came together really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas sometimes like I'll start a beat and I need to come back to it and then I need to refine it. And then it doesn't fully like form. I was straight up making the bulk of the sounds for each song in like these two to three hour chunks. And then I would come back the next day and sequence it and kind of deconstruct it in two to three hour chunk. And then it was kind of done. Wow. And I was on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Like it was really, and there was no, there was no, I didn't take any time to second guess it because I didn't really know what I was doing. So it just, it was so cool. I wish it could always happen like that, but I yeah. guess it's the reason it's cool. It's because it doesn't always happen that way. Um, I can't remember what you asked me. That uh, just if there was a particular <laughs> part that you're proud of, but oh, I, think yeah. you, I think you answered I nailed that. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you nailed that. I nailed that question. Um, so because this is a very different kind of album, it's much slower. You are doing a release show, which we won't linger on for too long, yeah. since it will be. It won't have passed, but it will be passing. It soon. will be passing March eighth, same day as Eric Mason's. Time is fleeting, Eric Mason. Right, you're dead um, to me. You. <laughs> So you're doing a little bit of a different release show than what you would yeah. usually do. What what was your thinking for how you were going to handle a release show for Luther? Uh, if I'm being fully honest, I really didn't want to have to think about how I was going to play this album live or or put a band together because I did that with Legend Recognized Legend and it was an amazing experience and I'm I'm so eternally grateful for the players that came in and did it, but it was like a massive undertaking for like a one night thing. And so, and this kind of music, if I played the album front to back, I think I might actually put somebody to sleep. Like it it would be better served as like one of those like sleeping shows where you go Mm. with like a cot and you just kind of like fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was the impetus, but also like this feeling that the things I do want to talk about are not lyrics. They're more like things that have happened in my life or like this mindfulness stuff or, um, working on being a better person. And so how can we have like a, a night where I can showcase the music, but it can be more universal and we can like get into other stuff. So it, it is, oh my God, I'm so excited. Jaka is going to be there. I am. On stage, moderating the release show. We're basically going to be doing like a live Tuesdays with Laser Week podcast. Yeah, Jeremy Messmith will be standing in the middle with he a peaceful face. He will be face. standing next to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Exactly. With like a bucket of popcorn. Reserve um, spots. <laughs> and um, it's going to kind of be like a this is your life laser beak thing. And I know this sounds really fucking um, self whatever. It is a little bit. It's an evening with laser beak. Like I'm getting right. older. This is like my first grown up show. I've taken a cue from Dessa who's done it very well um, mm-hmm. with some of these things where it's like it doesn't just have to be a rap show. Um, but we're going to talk. I think we'll do like Q and A and we're going to like get into mindfulness stuff. I'm going to actually try to get the the room to do like a three minute meditation with me. We'll see how that goes. Wow. I might drive some people away with that. Um, but then like my best friend since eighth grade, Jeff Allen, who was in my first band, my only real band, like rock band, um, the plastic constellations, he's going to come out. We've been actually working on some new music. Mm. And so me and Jeff, so we're going to like play a couple of our new songs and it's like old guy acoustic guitar songs but we're gonna do it fuck it it's my night yeah we're gonna do you it you can do whatever you want and then me and you are gonna, t- are gonna talk and then we're gonna have like we're still gonna have a rap party i'm gonna break down some of these beats and we're gonna get more in depth on the record but then we're gonna have a full-fledged rap party and it's gonna be a celebration of just like music and so i'm gonna bring out tons of special guests that i've um worked with over the last like 20 years um so everyone from like the usual doomtree people to like the newer people I've been working with outside of the crew, like Sophia Aris and Longshot, um, you know, Shredders will be there. Um, it's going to be fun. It'll be like a live mixtape. And in a way, that's all I want is to just be in a room with like my people. Um, if I'm going to have a release show, then we might as well just do it all together. So right. I'm excited. And I'm so, also really nervous. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't really know. I'm also very go. nervous. I've never <laughs> moderated an event. So um, Jacob, figuring gonna out how be, I'm going to do that. You're going to crush it. I do want you to play violin. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, uh, just okay. a little bit. Maybe just a couple notes. <laughs> Maybe a couple notes. <laughs> I'll, I'll learn one of your songs there we go. on the violin. Perfect. Maybe that's the band. That's it's it. It's me and you. <laughs> it's me and you sitting in chairs with podcast mics and a violin. Oh, 
That's be, what the people want. Really that is cool. what the world needs. Especially like the youth culture is really into that, I feel like. Oh, yeah, they'll love it. <laughs> um, so this album and this show is kind of a reflection back on your legacy hey. and, and what you have so far. That's another L word. Uh, yeah. Oh, we love Legacy, recognized legacy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Ooh, your next album. That could be big after, um, after Crystal Daddy. Oh, goodness. That, no. Crystal has an L in it. Okay. There Something we go. to consider. Um, but this album, like we said, it's a big change. And how do you feel like your fans are going to receive this <laughs> and people who have been following your career and have heard, you know, have been there for Lava Bangers, for what you've done with Doomtree and Shredders and all of that. How do you feel like it's going to be received? Oh, man. Well, I'm luckily in the, the rollout strategy is, to, you know, to slowly put out a song or two to get people comfortable. And I've been really encouraged by people's reaction that I, I, I was really up until like we announced the album. I was like, oh, God, this is it. Like done. I'm done for. Um, but I think we've been lucky as a crew to have built up a, a following of people that have kind of like grown with us and seen us do different stuff. So this is not the first time I've taken a hard left like I made. My first solo album was like an indie pop record that I sang on when everyone thought I was going to make just like a, a rap compilation. Right. So I think I've maybe um, been able to like condition people to understand that when I do pop up for these things, it is going to be maybe a little bit different because otherwise I would just be putting out, I'd put out a record every six months if it was just like beats or whatever. I could do that. Not like right. I could do that. But um, so when I do decide to like step out, I think hopefully the people that have at least like checked for it know that it's like, it's probably going to be a little bit different. Um, and I don't know, there's this whole like maturity thing where I'm like, this feels right. This feels comfortable. Like I was always a person that, um, I always wanted to be older than I was mm. when I was mm -hmm. a kid and I was in first grade. I was always like, God, I wish I was in sixth grade. I wish I could hang out with the sixth graders. And it, that went on and on and on. And it, it happened through my twenties. And when I got to my thirties, it was the first time that I was like, oh, this feels right. Like, mm -hmm. I just felt like I was existing in my own skin and I could talk to anyone. Like, I can have a conversation with a 90-year-old woman uh, that needs help with her computer. Or I could have a conversation with, like, a four-year-old kid or a high school kid. Like, I'm just in this... The 30s for me has just felt, like, really comfortable. And, um, and so, in a way, I am a lot more comfortable as a producer, like, trying new things and also, like not just relying not just having to be like the guy that makes the hot beats now like i like this this um ability to kind of like spread out and try a bunch of stuff and that's kind of what i've been doing the last couple of years is just like trying some shit out so this is another one of those things i'm trying out and then hopefully like we said that thing we're always chasing like hopefully another thing will pop up that i'll be like oh i want to try that out that's right. what like makes me want to make music because I don't make a lot of money making music. If money mm -hmm. was in my life, like a lot of it, I would probably be like, I probably shouldn't put this out. Maybe I should stick with the stuff that's making me like a trillion dollars. Now, you are listening to this on, on March 5th. So at this point, I probably have made close to a trillion dollars off the sale of Luther. Yeah, considering it's number one on Billboard, it yeah. makes sense. So, um, so, you know, maybe in the April episode, we can talk about that and see how fame has changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uh fame has already gone to my head i was at the <laughs> i was at the pos never better show yeah at first Ave, and somebody recognized me yeah. somebody came up to me and was like are you the producer of tuesdays with lazy week and i was like you're goddamn yes. right i am i was like yes i am they're like oh my god i, yeah. I really love the podcast and i was I did not know what to say. Yeah. I was like, I've never been recognized in public like that. It was very crazy. Amazing. Well, there's a lot more where that came from. I am available for speaking engagements. Exactly. If anybody needs me to speak at like a commencement or anything. Yep. Commencement speeches. Um, if there's if there's need for a speech at an upcoming Michael Buble concert, mm -hmm. you might be able to work mm -hmm. something out. Yeah, maybe. I mean, We'll see. We'll have to clear your schedule. High price. But yeah. I guess I'm kind of wondering about how intentional the creation of such a like calm introspective type of album was if it's a retreat for you or is it suggesting it to other people sort of what is the mission and what mm. was the goal of luther yeah 
I think that the um, I didn't really think about the mission in the in the making of the album, and you know these days the story attached to the music is almost more important than the music itself. And so, you know, as a person that is having, that has spent his most of his life in like basically marketing and promoting things, you really do have to ask yourself when, when the, the music is done, what is going to get anyone to listen to it and, and what's the angle and things like that. And for me, you know, you can get really slimy and talk about all these things like what's your brand and like, what are you selling and all that stuff. But for me, I have strong feelings about the world and um but I'm not like a social activist that's not what I'm best at mm-hmm. there's some people and we god we need them and the ones that are great at that like we need you um but I find that I'm my most comfortable and I think my most effective when I am being like as open and honest and um and also just like positive and so if I have a brand of any kind, I think it is just like to spread joy and positivity. And I try to do that in whether that's just social media or my interactions with people. And so in a way, like this mindfulness thing is like, how can you like shine a light, shine your light in a, even if it's the smallest way possible, if it's affecting the 20 people in your inner circle or whatever, like. Um, and so that is kind of the mission right now is to just like remind people to breathe and remind people to, um, think of themselves and that doesn't, that's not selfish and to take care of themselves and to really, um, turn inward a little bit and make sure that with all the noise and with all like, you know, it is very, an uncomfortable, I mean, uncomfortable is not the right word. It's a, it's a really terrifying time, um, and there's a lot of things and a lot of noise um, that is unavoidable and can really, if you care about anything, can enrage you. It can like, it can make you blind, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's important to care about these things. But if we're not like taking care of ourselves first and centering ourselves, then we're almost just contributing to the bullshit, I guess. So that's kind of the mission. Like I want to, I want to talk to people and I want to have these conversations and I want to like, um, in my own little way, try to help the conversation and get people to learn about empathy and being kind and, um, and just like creating a chain reaction of positivity. That sounds like an Andrew WK thing to say. Mm -hmm. And I actually saw Andrew WK, on his tour where he just like he didn't play any music he just came through he had all 50 states and it was basically like a big therapy session but it really stuck with me I'm not like a huge Andrew WK guy but there is something about just talking to each other that is not happening in a broader sense in the political world or like you know with all this big stuff but on a on a smaller level we can do that and we do that by just starting to talk And so in a way it's been really cool to make this instrumental record because it can feel more universal. Like it's, if there were words on this thing, I think my target audience immediately gets a lot smaller Mm -hmm. in a way. This is like the biggest shot I have to have these conversations because whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or my mom or my kid, like you could have this music on the background. So it almost gives me the biggest platform I've had as a musician to impact as many varied people as possible, which is kind of what I want to do right now. Like I want to, I want to get out there and, um, and, and say something not necessarily with the music, but like have that as a foundation to have a bigger conversation. Mm -hmm. So I'm still working it out, but that's like, I think what I'm going for right now. Um, and it feels good. Like I just went on a, I went on go 95, which is like our local rap station. And I taught the morning show hosts how to meditate. And I challenged mm-hmm. them to mm-hmm. write in their gratitude journals for the next two weeks. And I'm going to come back and like check in on them. And I'm going on The Current tomorrow to talk with um, Andrea Swenson about, about like what we're talking about now. But like she's, she's had a lot of, she's passionate about mental health. 
And so we're going to really have that conversation. And like, we're not just talking about like, what's the next single and blah, blah, blah. Like we're really talking about like human um, issues that I think affect every single person in the entire world. And so I like that kind of universal um, thing. That's a bad word, but I just, I like being able, I feel good doing this. Ultimately, if you want to talk about being selfish, like having these conversations honestly and, and feeling gratitude and feeling empathy, like it ultimately makes me feel really good, which makes me want to do it more. Like it really is a, um, it is cathartic and it's also like, um, what's the word when you get something like a sickness, but it's a cooler thing. When you get a sickness, <laughs> but it's a cooler thing. Um, infectious? Yeah. Yeah, okay. probably something like that. Okay. Yeah, infectious. Yeah. Well, uh, that was a bad way to end that. But but yeah, that's. I think we got... Did we get some of that? We, we, we got an answer <laughs> in there. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Okay, so we've really done the Luther deep dive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaka, thank you. You're, You're so are, welcome. <laughs> you have humored me, and it feels weird having my own podcast where I talk about my own music, but... That's what happens when you make a podcast. You talk about whatever the fuck you want. It's all you. Right? And you plug whatever the fuck you want. Oh, snap. Here it comes. Segway streak. Here it comes. Segway streak for the win. This new album, Luther, we've been talking about ad nauseum, is now available for purchase. If you're not one of the millions of people that has already purchased the record, you can find it on the internet, everywhere, any streaming service. You could buy it if you'd like. That helps us. Um... You can go to doomtree.net, learn about it. You can pick up all sorts of packages that have like deluxe stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, but I would really appreciate it if you listened to it and if you shared it with somebody. Um, we are, like we say all the time, like the most uh, DIY grassroots, the leanest you could get. And so we, we really do rely on, on people just like passing it around. Um, so, yeah. And thanks for actually listening to this and listening to me like really ramble about yeah. this process but since we're plugging stuff yeah let's just plug this podcast hey. if you have been listening if you've been enjoying it make sure that you're subscribed if you're using like itunes yeah. or or anything else make sure you're following it and um if you leave a review if you share the episodes that sort of stuff helps us out and it helps yeah. um expose new people to the podcast yes and um yeah, what else do they do? I'm not. I'm so still new to the podcast game. I know you are too, but you obviously have like yeah. more of a background in it. I think yeah. Subscribe, rate the podcast, share it with a friend yeah. who you think might like it. Yep. And we're oh, we're also like really serious about being open to suggestions. This is our third one, um, and we are still learning as we go. So that hashtag askbeak on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, like you could do that or give us suggestions. You could ask us questions. You can do whatever. Um, and we'll get to it. You can definitely ask us about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Thank you, number one, to our wonderful engineer, Tim Nelson. Yes. Sitting right Big here. Who is uh, making sure that this thing actually sounds good and comes out. So he's the best. And thank you, Jaka. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. What, uh, what thank, else we got? Thank you, Elizabeth. Oh, wow. It's my Congrats absolute on pleasure. on the album. Wow. I can't wait. I wish I could fast forward 48 hours from now, right now. I'll be at the Mall of America. Probably in like a um, romantic Twitter back and forth with the Mall of America. I can't wait. Love that. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Episode three is in the bag. We'll be back in April. And uh, in the meantime, get through this winter. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself. And we'll see you soon. See ya. Music. Music.